Yep. Give me a nod yeah, when you're ready. Shooter's ready. Stand by. Sergeant Alex Goking also in the room because if you haven't figured out Captain Scott and I we share an office you could probably hear him banging on his keyboard in the background and then uh yeah uh I have Glomba sitting in here too because he just wants to watch this whole process for himself so um we have like I said we have Staff Sergeant Alex Goking he just got to us last month um, we recruited him from USPSA, but we brought him over to the three-gun team because we saw how he dissected his skills and pistol and how he trained realistically through Instagram, and we kind of talked to him and everything uh, prior to coming here, and we just felt like he would be a great fit for the action shooting team. So, Staff Sergeant Goking, can uh, you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi. Well... Yes. Talking about myself is very easy. It's totally easy. I do it all the time. Uh, it's, it's fun. You're making this awkward. Ah, there we go. Now I feel comfortable. <laughs> well, I am uh, definitely strange uh, to some people. I think it's just, uh, just a different way of doing things. But I am a huge... Uh, I, I am hugely, obs- greatly obsessed over the shooting sports. Uh, some would call it a hobby... I prefer to refer to it as something that I am emotionally dependent on, and if I don't get it, I get really pissed off, like, and a lot faster, and I become very unpleasant when I don't get to shoot. And fortunately, it takes at least two weeks before it happens. So, yes, I'm uh, I am addicted to uh, the the pews. Um, something else about Staff Sergeant Go King. Uh, I'm not gonna put him on the spot here to do it right now, but he is authorized. To kind of blurt it out, he is a father joke connoisseur, not a dad joke connoisseur, but a father joke connoisseur. Um, what is that actually? Because I'm still not even sure what the hell that is. Well, as I explained um, once before, it's just another way of saying dad joke, but I like making people feel mildly uncomfortable, so I felt father joke would be a little bit more cringeworthy. Or post ironicist, you can look that up. And other times, I have actually been called Daddy several times, so I feel like it just works out. Is that why you call uh, Kim Peterson Daddy Kim? Oh no, I don't know. I don't even know why I call him that. It's just he gets really uncomfortable whenever I do it, so it's just really entertaining to watch. Quit moving your head all around because then it start like do it at that angle. Ah yes, <laughs> stability. Yes, <laughs> um, I learned that. Where are you coming from? What's your job in the Marine Corps? So my uh, last unit was VMX-1. It's it's the Marine Operational Test and Evaluation Squadron. So a lot of new gear, new techniques, tactics, so on and so forth. And um, my background is I am a desk guy, an air support operations operator. 
you'll usually find us at a COC working close air support airspace, just getting people what they need. Airstrikes, medevacs, casavacs, and supplies through the air. Cool. Uh, I love close air support. I love oh, yeah. aircraft. Uh, I, 11 years ago, I went through Joint Fires Observer School and finally got to use those skills back in 2017. Uh, dropped a lot of bombs on a lot of bad people, and it was really fun. Um, especially watching them just blow apart. That was cool. <laughs> I got to do my job. Hey, that's, that's, <laughs> that's one of us in this conversation. Yes. <laughs> uh, that just means I'm old, according to you guys. Um, I don't see anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... You obviously did not follow the traditional format of coming to the team through doing a summer season or um, coming to the Marine Corps marksmanship competitions, uh, but we saw you on Instagram, uh, uh. and then uh, we kept watching you, you kept tagging us, and we're like, all right, let's give this guy a shot. You know, we couldn't get here sooner, uh, as soon as we liked, obviously, um, it was what about two year process before we could finally get you here because you had to uh, c- uh, complete your time on station requirements. But now you're here. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your marksmanship background, where you got your start? All right. So when I was in high school, and I was still living in the Philippines. That's where uh, my uh, family's from. But I was born here. What I've I've always uh, been around like the shoot, shooting community there, and I think anybody who's in the uh, shooting sports understands that um, Filipinos are very, very like um, I would say immersed in, in in the shooting sports world, like in pretty much all of them. And I got my first taste at Ipsic or PPSA for the uh, Filipino version when I was in high school. I was about 15 years old, got into it, and I was like, yep, this is pretty much the only sport I will ever do or something like it. I just loved it from the beginning. I wasn't inherently accurate before, and now I am almost accurate. So, you know, there's been some there's been some evolution. And when I, uh, when I enlisted, I was at a range outside of the air station. I was like, oh. That's a USPSA target right there. Cherry Point? Cherry Point. Okay. Uh, and I uh, went up and said, like, hey, you guys do this stuff? It's like, yep. Every second and uh, fourth uh, weekend of the month, I'm like, okay, I'll do it. And I had to, you know, living out of the barracks, I had to, like, ask people to come with me, like, hey, can I borrow your gun? I'm just going to shoot this match real quick. And then started doing it, uh, did it casually. Um, I was barely in garrison for, like, my first contract. So it was more or less a, okay, if there's time in between field ops, I'm going to go out there and shoot. And then I get on a Mew, come back from the Mew, and I'm not sure what happened, but I was just like, I'm going, this was in 2017, I was like, I am going to go full force in this, all the way to the top, from this point onwards. I also live in the barracks, which means I was poorer than I am now, so I shot production for a while, which is a, you know, actually a really expensive division, if you think about it, but it's also not, if you don't buy a steel gun, but anyways... I, I did that, and I kept on going full force. I haven't stopped since then. Obviously moved divisions here and there, and uh, have uh, been, especially as of recently, moved to added new sports to my repertoire, and uh, and uh, now I'm here. Hello. Hi. Uh, 
So, uh, obviously, you have a huge background with USPSA um, mm-hmm. and the PPSA. Uh, when you were living in the Philippines, what what firearm did you use most? So, uh, my very first pistol, well, it wasn't really mine, but the one that I used first, I was competing in standard division using an H&K USP Compact in 9 uh, had a had, had a good time with it and um, I when when I actually went through uh, college back there for a while I did a little bit of Ipsec shotgun with an M1 Benelli and I used buckshot okay did it rock you I mean birdshot rocks me now so it's like <laughs> yeah <laughs> so so, so, so Fast forwarding to where you are now, you haven't shot a three gun match yet. You, you know, you got here, and I told you I was like, "Look, man, I'm not gonna let you shoot your first match until you get some serious training under mm-hmm. under your belt." Obviously, you're switching to a new sport. We're adding a rifle. We're adding a shotgun. Mm-hmm. I want to make sure you get a, a decent amount of training before you go to the Great Lakes Three Gun Championship. Um, what have you found to be the hardest part to get used to um what's new to you and what have you kind of done to to progress within the discipline so i would say in the past month my lowest hanging fruits uh, they changed a couple times in a good way uh when i got into it the first thing i was worried about was quad loading because i am not a very dexterous individual is that yeah i don't have a lot of dexterity my hands are very stupid, uh, which might be a neurological issue. I'm, I'm probably just stupid, but I mean, that's already like a well-known fact. But you first thing is qu- <laughs> Semper Fi. <laughs> uh, quad loads were the first thing I wanted to tackle. And after a week or two, or actually on the, in the first week, I immediately got obsessed trying to do quad loads because I, well, one. Well, I noticed the, you break everything down mm-hmm. and, and it's like. First, you start like just from grabbing it off your belt and getting your hand in the proper placement. Then you go to bringing the shotgun in position to to sticking it in the gun. Like you, you are very good at dissecting things and then figuring out how best to efficiency of movement. Mm-hmm. That's what I noticed about you. Absolutely, um, I am a slow learner. So I have to make sure when I'm learning something, I learn the right way and I'm asking everybody everything. Like I remember the first day doing quad loads, I was just asking question after question just to make sure whatever I burn in now, whatever I program into my subconscious now, it better be right. And uh, so far, it's been, it's been uh, I mean, I've gotten all the right information. I got a decent amount of time to work on them. And uh, where I'm at with that, it's like now I just got to, do it uh, now. I just gotta kind of apply it on a stage and know what, what my round counts are, so I'm not always quad loading on an empty chamber. Um, so that I started to get comfortable with that. Oh yes, and that uh, I, I just started trailing off. But yes, um, I, I do have to break it down, and I've always found that that's been the most efficient way for me to learn something, especially a fine motor skill, and try to get it like really subconscious. Nice. So. Uh, how are you going to feel about an all-shotgun stage next weekend? Well, it simplifies the equation of the number of guns on a stage. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not mind it at all because 
um, it increases my success rate with uh, dropped shells. So if I drop one shell in a uh, 60 round stage, it ain't bad. All right. Um, so now that you're here, you obviously been given the whole spiel like, hey man, you're an instructor first, competitor second. Uh, what it, what's something that you want to talk to? Uh, what's something you would want to impart on your students most? What's one thing that's most important to you? Well, for my students, the biggest thing is, and I think if, if we look at the entire team, just how much drive there is in individuals. I think one thing I want to impart is the importance of doing things the right way and continuing to do so on your own. I think we've all seen it. Like we, we look back at our like previous platoons, companies, whatever you guys call your thing, a shop or whatnot. There's always that one guy who's always at the gym. There's always that one guy who is, or girl, who's ex extremely good at something. Let's say you insert like niche in, in like a, in a, in a, in a microcosm of a, of, of a small unit. There, and you always have that guy who's just always shooting, always doing something. Not saying that everybody has to be that guy because that's not realistic. It's never going to happen. But everything, especially in the marksmanship world where you're doing a lot of a lot of fine motor movements and you're expected to do it under stress, under competitive stress, you name it, you have to put in the time, you have to put in the effort, and you have to do it smartly. So I think that's... I just want to, I would like, you know, my students to understand that it's, it's not that simple, but it's, it's not that hard. It's none of the above. It just takes a little bit of effort and understanding and try not to get institutionalized too hard because a lot of things take, uh, a lot of things take critical thinking, like, well, you put your finger on the trigger. Well, that depends. It's not always the pad of your finger. Oh, you didn't put your weapon back on safe whenever you moved. Oh, well, you don't have to. You, mm -hmm. Why do you have to put your safety on every single time? It's going to slow you down. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you're if, if you're running with your finger, if, if your gun's on safe and you're running with your trigger finger on the trigger, that's still unsafe. Mm -hmm. and, you know, safety doesn't take a whole lot of poundage to disengage. Yep. Um, You have a lot of experience in USPSA, so one gun thing. Uh, when 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 you're out at your matches, how do you prepare? So, uh, for a match, especially a big one, I try to work. Uh, I try to ba uh, backwards plan on like how much time do I have for that match, and a lot of the um, a lot of the the, the months prior to. That's that's where like all the improvement happens. That's where you, that's where I, I kind of like think about how much ammunition do I have? What can I work on? What 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 can I do in dry fire? What can I save for live fire? Especially back when I didn't have that much ammo, and so I had to make every round count. I would make sure I knew what what I was working on, and I wasn't gonna do something in live fire that I that I wasn't gonna work on something in live fire that I could do in dry fire. So I could just make sure that that live fire was an evaluation of my dry fire and that the match itself or local matches would be an evaluation of my live fire. Well, one thing that I always did was a week before the match, I would always remind myself, this is not time for improvement. One to two weeks before a match, I would not try to improve anything. I wasn't going to do something that I couldn't do. 
I would spend those couple weeks making sure I was honed into my own ability so that when match day comes, I'm not trying anything new. I already know what I can do. I already did the work. And that's where I could just go to the match, walk on the stage when I'm on deck, internalize, visualize, and hit the play button. So that's kind of how I uh, approach all my matches. By internalize, what are you doing? So, well, I, I always tell people that the, the two things you have to work on the hardest during a match is make sure you have a stable mental state. That's extremely important because that takes effort. And then internalizing and visualizing, that's like your stage plan because that's the one thing, the two things you can do is make sure you're mentally good and two, making sure that stage plan gets burned in as, as internal as possible so that when you get on the stage, when that buzzer goes off, you hit the play button and all you're doing is observing, assessing, and maybe reacting for, let's say, if stuff gets bad. But trying to, trying to remove as much of the conscious mind out of the shooting as possible. Which you're not going to get everything, but you want to get as much as possible. Have you taken any classes or anything like that? What what have you done that have has kind of led you to to the philosophy or to to what it is that you do now and how you practice now? Well, uh, I have taken a, a JJ Rakaza class not too long ago, but um, there was this one moment uh, a few years back. Sergeant Wilkerson was actually there at that match. Um, that was like a fairly you know fairly chill local match, and there was like a classifier. Uh, there was a classifier match there, and that classifier match was the one match that I worked the hardest on ever. Because I just got off ship, I wanted to do something cool. And I dry fired for hours, I did everything, I went hard. And when I went to the match, I went as hard in the paint as I could, and then completely bombed it. And I was like, what just happened? I have no idea what, what happened. And I realized that the match, because I cared about it so much, versus my other matches were kind of, quote unquote, just for fun, I was like... That doesn't make any sense. So I tried to, I, I tried to, I started to analyze. I was like, what, why, this doesn't make any sense. You're supposed to work hard and then this, and then you, you win. Well, what just happened? So I started looking into it. I actually bumped into uh, Steve Anderson's podcast where he talks about like match mentality. Uh, and I got a few points out of the, the couple episodes I listened to and I was like, oh wow, let me try that out. So talks about kind of like, just pretty much he takes what Brian Enos has in his book and kind of like talks about it to greater detail on what you should be thinking about in a match, what you should be doing in practice, uh, how much practice is important and how much your, your mental state is in the, in the match is important and you're not supposed to be trying. You're supposed to just let it happen. So I got that and I applied it as hard. Uh, I applied it to my, my succeeding matches and I found like, oh, Okay, okay, this works. And I've used it ever since. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you just got here. You have three years left on the team. What is it that you are most looking forward to uh, accomplish from the team, help the team? Like, what is it that you're most looking for? Well, several things. I, I, do, I do like winning. And I want to win as hard as possible with the limited time that I have here and use the resources that we have here to like get as far up as possible. But I think uh, I would say the most important thing that 
I felt from the team is I actually before I got to the team when I actually first met uh, some of the guys. Uh, I was on TAD at Twenty Nine Palms. I was doing some like uh, airspace airspace type stuff, and then uh, I, I heard the team was coming over, so I went into my car, took a short nap after a night shift, and drove over. And when I met the guys, I was like, okay, I'm not sure what the, sh- the team's gonna be like, because I've never met them before. I don't know what they're probably. I don't know. I expected like something, you know, prima donnas. Well, more more robotic like institution, like you know, uh, people of the institution type thing type yeah. people. You know, I'm not yep. gonna go into that. You know, I'm gonna get in trouble if I talk about that. But when I when I met him, I was like, oh my gosh, these guys are just regular dudes. Yeah, these yeah these guys are yeah these guys are regular dudes. These guys are just gamers. I feel it. So I I was able to relate with everybody, and we had some conversations. And I think I fall under that same, um, I would say, mindset or mission that I've, I've had even in the fleet. I want to bring competitive shooting to the to the active reserve or just general military community or anybody interested because I know what the benefits are. And obviously, the biggest things we push are the benefits to lethality. Okay, inserted a buzzword in there. Um, but the other part of what shooting has done for me, I always tell people, when I was a Lance, I could have been much, much, much more disgruntled, but I always told myself, you know what? I don't care what happens at work. At the end of the week, if I could hit a match, that's just the reset button for me. I could come back the next week after having the worst week in the world and come back and just be like, whoa, let's have another bad week. I mean, let's have a good week. And then, you know, just, and it, was, it, was, it was great. It, 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 it helped me. It helped Confidence me. building. Oh, absolutely! You know, confidence—just, just that mental state of knowing that you have a place to go to. Because for me, it's like when that buzzer goes off, up until unload and show clear, nothing in the world matters, and that's a huge thing for me. Some people call it meditation. I heard people do that in meditation. Does that work? I don't know, but it's just pure euphoria between the buzzer and the end, and I can't get it anywhere else. Well, well anyways, um, and it's just. I want to bring that out. I, I want people to experience that and see. And the instructor side of it is like, I've uh, I remember helping a bunch of people out and just seeing like that. Oh, Eureka! I found it moment for a lot of people and seeing like a big smile form on their faces because they just learned how to shoot a gun more better. That's pretty cool. I really enjoy it. I like watching people have fun. More better. Shoot more better. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So, being that you've mainly just done uspsa Um, wow that's not a negative (laughs) (laughs) you've only done uspsa uh what's what's what was the what was the best experience you had in uh uspsa yeah you haven't done a three gun yet you've done all shotgun stuff i i've dabbled in stuff here and there on like uh random weekends but i don't think i ever really dove into it uh and uh, the question was what was the most fun yeah, what was your more? Oh, what was one of your more memorable experiences at a match? What match did it for you? I'm gonna need a second for this, because I have a lot of fun in a lot of matches. I'm bouncing to different clubs right now, so if I shot at your club, I'm probably thinking about that club. But thinking about another club after. I'd say it was any time Daddy Kim was involved. 
I only shot with him a couple times, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, well. Oh. You hear this, Kim? He's downplaying you. <laughs> he shot a USPSA match with me uh, a couple times. Well, I think once. But mm-hmm. we can't say that now. I don't want him to, you know, don't want to you know, ruin his image. Mm-hmm. Three gun Kim Peterson. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've just, I've just enjoyed just about every major, every local match that I've, I've, I've been to. It's easier for me to name matches that I didn't like than it is for me to talk about kind of my favorite experiences. But I think a better way to answer it is, uh, in terms of the shooting side of it, like the USPSA side of it, I can name my best experiences put into one. Uh, there was a club that I was a part of out there. Uh, it was a Yuma Matchmasters. And after every match, we would always hang out at this little, like the shed next to the stat shack. We had like retired Marines. We had, didn't, not everybody was like a retired, you know, not everyone was a veteran. It was just a mix of like so many different people in the LE community. Uh, civilians who just shot better, who just like to kick uh, all of our butts. We had BP guys, we had Marines. And we just hung out there for hours and hours. And being a part of that community was, I guess, if you combine all the local matches and the majors they held, that was just an amazing time just because we all kind of got it. And uh, we all like shooting and we also all like drinking. I think it's like a big family. Oh, that's every time you go to a match, it's a family re- reunion. Absolutely. And even if it's the local match, it's like we forget we're there to win. You mm-hmm. know, we just we just go there, and sometimes we win. And, and you're having fun the entire time. Absolutely, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you want to? What are you going to focus on next week, right before the match? I would say next week, wh- where I stand now, is uh, the two things that I need to focus on. I need to get very a lot more familiar with my holds, and I'll include stability in that. So three things: uh, just working that distance rifle, just making sure I get comfortable with that, and I mean a lot more comfortable with it. I'm getting comfortable now. I need to get a lot more comfortable with it and know that I can do it even in my sleep, and just getting used to the feeling of stringing three guns together in one stage at once. So that's a. Uh, those are the things I'm going to work on the hardest next week. Nice. Um, is there anything else you'd like to leave the listeners with before we uh, cut out of here? What do people usually leave the listeners with on your podcast? I don't know. This is like the fourth episode, dude. Oh, okay. Uh, whew. I'll need a moment. You might need to cut out the dead space. Well, I mean, do you have any dad jokes? Uh. Would you like to say anything to to Daddy Kim? Well. Because we're going to be doing an interview with him next week whenever we're at Great Lakes. Nice. Well. Kim. It's like, it's it's like I'm in a mix of, don't know what to say, but I have too much, too many things to say. Just say it. Alright. Well. I Mind you, I, Kim told me to kick your ass whenever you got here. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, uh, even uh, even when I get beat up, I can put a smile on my face because I'm an optimist, Kim. You know that, Kim? I am an optimist. I'm a happy guy. So, try to break my spirit 
is that's actually really possible. It's very easy, very easy. But anyways, yeah. Um, I will leave the listeners with a um, with a with a moment of silence for all the lost hit factors and all the bad raw times and all the. No, I'm not. I'm not gonna bring IDPA into this. No, we don't. We don't. We talk don't talk about, about IDPA. Stuff. Okay, no. so no, no, no down zero. Uh uh-uh. uh Well, remember. Whether you win or lose, it doesn't matter. Because there's somebody some, somewhere in this world, we are all losers. Wise words from Alexander Goking. Thank you. Have a good one. <laughs> Everybody, I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, feel free to uh, email Instagram. Uh, we'll put Go King's Instagram tagline down in the description. And you can bother him all you like. Elevator music. And we're done.